0: You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 85, featuring special guest Tyler McKenzie, last seen in Hamilton on Broadway. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Vera, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at actoraesthetic or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Still stuck at home in quarantine? You're not alone, but you can get ahead of the game by grabbing a copy of my ebook, Marketing 101 for Actors, an actor's guide to successful branding. I'm taking you step-by-step through the most important marketing strategies and branding techniques you need in order to succeed as an actor in 2020. I'm talking headshots, resumes, postcards, audition material, websites, and of course, social media. Simply go to actoraesthetic.com forward slash marketing to grab your copy today. Hey friends, it's Maggie. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. I am thrilled to share this episode with you. I think it's going to make you smile. There's some great stories in here and it's all with performer Tyler McKenzie. Now Tyler and I met way back in like 2014 when we competed in Broadway Spotted's Next Big Star. It was a competition held in New York City at the Davenport Theatre, and it was judged by industry professionals including casting directors from Telsey as well as the Broadway producer Ken Davenport. It was so much fun, we were actual babies back then, but I am not surprised honestly that we're still friends to this day. I have so much respect for Tyler as a performer and creative, and I think you will really enjoy hearing his story. In this episode, we chat about how Tyler toured the world with Mamma Mia, how he eventually made his Broadway debut, his audition process with Hamilton, and so much more. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me today. Where are you currently? Are you in New York City?
1: I'm in New York City. I'm in mm-hmm. South Harlem on 122nd. I just moved here, actually. Um, my fiance and I, we moved here um, in this beautiful little brownstone on 122nd oh. and uh, in December. So um, oh, I had- not that long ago. Wow. Not that long ago at all. And <laughs> with that, I had to, <laughs> I was traveling for teaching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to- I was able to use this pandemic and this self isolation <laughs> to really like dive deep into creating a home um, yeah. with him, and it's been a blessing for sure.
0: I love that. Tell us where you grew up and how you initially got involved in theater.
1: Yeah, um, I grew up in Long Island, Long Island, New York, um, and I ended up moving to Charlotte, North Carolina when I was in high school. and I was singing always. I was always singing. I wanted to be, like, this recording artist. Um, I grew up in the days of, like, Sammy and Lil Bow Wow and all these, like, <laughs> child, like, no, for sure, like, and, like, B2K and all these, like, love, love like Bow wow. um, not only, like, young, young, like, um, artists, but also young artists of color, and I was, like, I yeah. want to do that, too, and I was, like, I thought I was good. Um, and then <laughs> I ended up moving. Uh, my dad, my mom and dad, funny story, my mom and dad actually met at Rikers Island. My mom is a pharmacist, so my dad is a deputy warden um, for Rikers Island. Yeah, the jail, the prison system here. Um, and my dad retired. Um, they wanted to move down south. The, both of them are born and raised here in New York and Queens. And we ended up looking at places in Charlotte. Charlotte has an amazing public school system. I was always, I was a private school kid here in New York um, and public school was a huge um, (laughs) change of of pace, which for the better. And I found theater there in Charlotte. I went to a magnet art school, Central Academy of Technology and Arts in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, My first musical was Sound of Music. I was Kurt Von Trapp. I was a tenor. I floated that goodbye note like it was my job. And it was so fierce. And um, after that, I just kept doing musicals and musicals and musicals. And then Uh come senior year, I was um, auditioning for schools, millions of schools. And I ended up, I had this idea that I had to go to this big, big school. And then I ended up, I ended up going to Western Carolina University in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, and it was the best decision I've ever made.
0: What was your decision behind auditioning for schools? Did you always know you wanted to go to school for this?
1: Yes. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when I knew that, like, it always helps to have someone being like, hey, you should be doing this for the rest of your life. Um, Yeah. You're good at this. And also, like, people thinking that Yes, I worked really hard, and I wanted to put a lot of work and energy into it, but it didn't feel like work to me, and that was when I knew, like, okay, cool. Like, me taking all these dance classes, me training, and putting so much energy into it didn't feel like I was working hard. It just felt like I was Mm. doing what I was born to do, and that led me to auditioning for schools. And then my four years of college was, you know, at a liberal arts school was Mm -hmm. um, incredible with conservatory like training. And I graduated in 2013, feeling like a very smart, well-rounded actor, singer, dancer.
0: Hmm. And you worked with uh, Terrence Mann at that time in school? I
1: did. Terrence Mann and Charlotte Dembois. They were like two blocks away from me. Yes. Very (laughs) close with them, which was, incredible, um, that school um, and having them at oh, the yeah. time, having them like very involved in the school. I actually, st- I lived with them for a little bit. I was no um, in way. rehearsals, yes, I was in rehearsals <sighs> for Mamma Mia, the national tour um, in 2013. And I, uh-huh. I reached out to Terry and I was like, hey, do you know anyone who's like looking, who has a space that I can stay at just for a few months before I go yeah. on tour? And he was like, you yeah, have a room, so come and stay with us. Oh my at gosh. the time, I was just like so close to them as a student. For the four years and it didn't feel like that big of a deal but then yeah. when I told people where I was staying they're like wait what who who <laughs> like the like they, they have the celebrities of in our industry yes mm-hmm. yeah um so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah what a what a time
0: what a, what time.
1: a time I moved into their beautiful Harlem apartment and Mm -hmm. I um, was always going I was going to rehearsals at Pearl Studios so basically I moved to New York for the sake of rehearsals Um, and and I was there for like three months I think Mm -hmm. maybe two two or three months and then I was on tour for about nine months did you get that
0: job while you were still in school
1: no I had done uh, right after school I I actually left graduation early I left graduation early to drive to Pittsburgh, um, to do a theme park contract with RWS. Cool. Um, And and I I love that company. I stand by that company. Um, and we had a couple of days off because it had just the theme parks just opened and there was they didn't have a full summer schedule, so they we had a few days off. And I saw that Joy doing. She had uh Mama Mia auditions, and at the time, I really wanted to be in Bring It On. Because that was gonna go out on tour as well. The business person in me, I was like, okay, let me go to the Mamma Mia audition because Joy Doing is casting, Mama Mia, as well as bring it on. I'm sure I'm not right for Mamma Mia. Like I don't know anything about the show, but I'll go to Mamma Mia, just show her my stuff, show her that I graduated, show her that I'm fierce, and then hopefully she'll call me back for bring it bring on. Bring it on. <laughs> yes. And then and then it was actually so fast. I was there, I was there all day. Um, and at the time, I don't think it was that crowded. Um, I don't remember it being like a line out the door or anything like that. Um, and because I think there, were, there was a lot of auditions happening already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in. I was there all day just getting called back, called back, called back. Mm-hmm. And I was there the next day for callbacks all day. And then we took a van back to Pittsburgh. And on the way back, Joy had called me saying I got the job. And so this fast. is like Yes. And this, is, I, I, I kid you not, this is like June and I had huh? all summer still with my theme park contract oh because God. I started rehearsals in September. So I'm like kicking it on this, in this cutie theme park <laughs> contract, just like, I'm going to be on a national tour. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And like at the time I had no like idea what the difference between non-equity or equity oh, was. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, I'm in a commercial gig. Yes sir. And I think this is exactly where I need to be. Um, I had to leave the contract early, like a week early. But RWS was like, duh. Because yeah. obviously, like, those type of companies, they they it looks good on them that alum are going into these big commercial gigs. Totally. Um, so they let me out of my contract early and I I drove to New York and I started rehearsals. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. What
0: a time. Because I know you've done a couple of tours after that mm-hmm. too, yes? Yeah. What was your time like on tour?
1: For that one specifically? Yes. Um, with that non-equity tour, it was under um, Worklight Productions. I swear by them. I think they are one of the <laughs> best production companies specifically because of their treatment for non-equity actors. Um, they treated Good. us just like they do with equity members. Um, they, also, they also produce equity shows as well. So mm-hmm. I believe as a business, what's the point of treating one company different than the other because of status? Um, totally. So I felt just so protected. And um, also at that time, like compared to what other tours were paying, Worklight mm-hmm. pays really well. Great. Um, and our, we had a great schedule that first year. Um, there were a lot of two weeks. There were a lot of one weeks. There were a mm. lot of overnighters. Um, <laughs> so lots of time on the bus. But at the time, I was just like, this is, this is everything. This is, yeah. I'm sleeping on a bus. I'm, I've, I'm sleeping in these hotels. Um, I'm making best, like, I, I kid you not, I've, I still have, like, some of my best <laughs> friends are from that tour. Um, and then it's, it's really near and dear to my heart because I also, like, I, we were in Chicago for two weeks and I'm mid-show. We're about to go on stage for Voulez-vous And then I get a voicemail from the company manager of the Broadway show saying that they would um, like to transfer me to the Broadway show. Oh. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> I have listened to the, I listened to the, the voicemail. I just got chills. Crazy. <laughs> like it happened to the me. <laughs> and kids, don't do this. Don't do this because I was listening to the voicemail mid-show, but we had a break no. before Boo. Yeah. And then my friend is listening while, while I'm listening to the voicemail and we're dying. And then we have to yeah. run on stage. And then the word, the word like spreads like wildfire mid-number. And we're just like so hitting it hard because- like another cast member. (laughs) And I, I kid you not, like there were five, five of us from that non-equity tour of Mamma Mia that were transferred to the Broadway show. Still to this day, there's this like stigma against non-equity tours and non-equity work, but creative teams are still involved in the company and in the companies, no matter if it's, or someone, an associate or someone that is tied to it. If the production company knows what's good for them and what's good for the show and The fact that there were five of us that were transferred, you know, and got our cards. That's how we got our. That's how I got my card because we were doing good work and treating it as if it was an equity show or we were getting paid touring Broadway minimum. You know what I mean? Like it, it shows and people want to, people want to do good things for you when you do good things for the work, you know?
0: So that's how you earned your card. Can you explain to someone who's listening right now who doesn't really know necessarily what that means? getting your card and, um, and specifically for you, how you joined the union from that contract?
1: So it was, it was actually pretty quick. Um, I didn't have any EMC points or anything like that. I, I had my, my vision and trajectory was that I'm going to do these non-equity tours and this non-equity work because at the time that was like the talk of the century that there was like so much non-equity work. So why? rush to get your card because it cuts you off from taking those non-equity jobs and all those tours that were going non-equity. Okay. And I just like had a great time with Worklight. So I was like, okay, cool. If Worklight, Worklight is doing well and they're doing also doing other non-equity tours that I was excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting the Broadway show, I, couldn't, I obviously couldn't step on the stage unless I was an equity member. Yes. Um, so it was very quick um i got my i got my contract i got my forms that i had to send into equity um and luckily no one had my name so that was pretty quick and easy <laughs> um and then i immediately started like paying my initiations and all that stuff uh-huh. it was pretty quick and then because of that i i didn't have goals to return for the next leg the next year of tour um but if i wanted to i wouldn't have unless i had signed the contract before i had gotten like initiated into the union i wouldn't have been able to take the next year as an equity member um so the timeline looked like i did the national tour and then i transferred to the broadway show for the summer and then i actually went to bogota colombia for uh like a month or two sit down um to do mama mia there like, doing Dancing Queen and, like, seeing, like, Spanish subtitles on top with this oh overhead, gosh. like, thing. It was so dope. Um, and then a lot – actually, some Broadway members were able to do that as well because outside of the United States, there's no jurisdiction, so we would to mm-hmm. do that. Um, so it was, like, a melting pot of Mamma Mia alum and current um, members of the cast of companies. And then after that, I moved to New York officially okay, to sorry. see what is Ne- what was next? <laughs> at
0: that time, did you have an agent at all or were you still by yourself?
1: When I got the tour, I did not have an agent. After I had booked the tour, I sent out, <laughs> I sent out mailers. So huge envelopes. I love hearing about this. Yes. 30, 30 <laughs> envelopes. I went on backstage. I did the whole filter thing of like what, these, what certain agencies are, what they specialize in. And I just picked a few that interest interest me. I did some research. I sent in, I sent out cover letters, um, headshots and now, like a cover letter stating, I will be joining the cast of blah, block," um, Smart. starting the tour. Um, it's a brand new tour. So we started it from zero, um, ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a few, I got a few calls. ended up signing with an agency uh, mm-hmm. that I don't think exists anymore. I'm not sure Then I went on tour. The agent was moving on. Um, okay. and wouldn't be with the agency anymore. And then I went back to my files as far as who was interested or who showed interest, yes. especially when I, I had just gotten my um, call for, to transfer to the Broadway show. So I had about a week and a half layoff from tour. Mm-hmm. And that week and a half layoff was spent in interviews that I had just like reconnected with people. Um, but the trick, I did not tell them that I had like a broadway credit coming. No, not until I um got into the room and like felt their energy. I didn't want to be and I can't believe I'm saying this now and I'm like wow, I was a very, I was a I mean very strategic 20 That's so two-year-old. strategic. <laughs> I know. I was I just wanted to feel what they would what what who I wanted to feel their energy with me like then. I took the <laughs> I took the meetings, it was three three meetings. In the meeting I was like I have an updated resume. Um, Here we are. After I chatted with them for a little bit and then they realized, oh, upcoming. And I was like, yes. Um, I signed the contract and all that stuff. And um, I wanted to see what the energy was like. And a lot of them really were surprised and appreciated that like sense of human first credit next. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up signing with the Price Group with Lisa Mm -hmm. Price and I've been with her for six, seven, whatever that was. (laughs) I'm still with her since I signed in 2014, I'm still uh-huh. with her. So, wow. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Can I switch gears? What was the audition process like for Hamilton?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> um, this is, these are great stories, actually. Um, <laughs> so, I was living in New York. It was 2015 or 16 area. I was living in New York. I was, I was living in Brooklyn, and I wasn't doing a bunch of shows at the time. I was working for Lululemon. I was on the community team, and I Felt, um, there was a a sense of, there. I felt solace, like being involved in something that I felt significant in that didn't have to do with theater, but it had everything to do with community and meeting people. And um, I was in so many exercise classes. I was literally paid to go to a bunch of studios to take their class and rate them and put them in this database. For Lululemon files and for our guests that was came into the this store. Your,
0: was this your survival job when you were not performing? Typically, was yeah, Lululemon your job?
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I, what's funny is that I didn't. I was so involved in it that it didn't even feel like a survival job. I was like putting such good energy. I was going to meetings. My my signature, in my email had changed to like what my <laughs> role was with Lululemon. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like I was no longer just an actor, just a performer. Yeah. I was. Uh, it was incredible. Um so I ended up going to funny story, Ariana DeBoe uh, ended up she was at, at Western for a little bit. So that's yeah. how we met. We met in college auditions in 2009. I did a
0: show with her. I did lay Miss with yes. Connecticut rep with Terry and them.
1: That's right. She's um, awesome. <laughs> she's the best. And and I'll and I can tell you why. Um <laughs> She was teaching at BDC or assisting Stephanie Clemens, the associate choreographer for okay. Hamilton. And it was at BDC, it was a master class. This was before like the cast album was released. Wow. There was no cast okay. album. Um, so at the in the class, they were using like a live recording for their audio. Wow. Um, and she was like, hey, I'm teaching, you should come, blah, blah. And I came and I loved the choreography. I um, have never seen the show, I didn't see the show at the public, um, and I don't think it was open just yet um, okay. at the Richard Rodgers. And then I get a text from Ari saying, hey, um, you should be hearing from your agent soon. And I was like, what do you mean? So I get an email from my agent saying, I don't know how you did it, but they're, um, they're, you have a final callback for Hamilton um, Broadway. Next week, and it's at Give Me Dance Center. There's five girls, five guys, and they're just rounding out the cast, looking for swings and stuff like that before opening. Um, Whoa! And it, it was Andy's there. Mm-hmm. They're still using a. They're still using an audio track. There was no cast album just yet, and at the time, it wasn't even. It wasn't even frozen. He was like, "I'm not sure if I want this or this." Mm. Um, but let's just like create together. So it was a great. Like creating session, and I felt yep. so powerful. I ended up singing for Alex Lacamoire and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and I ended up not getting it. But it was so cool that like I went to a class, and that ended up getting me into this like room with such a s- small amount of people Whoa. to be in this huge show that wasn't that was fierce and huge like at the public, but like it wasn't not the sold show that it is. Yeah. Like, you know after that is and, now, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't get that, but I ended up going on tour with Matilda. Matilda was about six months. Um, I knew that my contract was six months, and I would close out the tour. So I come back to New York City, and I get an invite to go to the Hamilton Phillip Company um, mm. audition um, appointment. And it, it's, a dance, it's an invited dance call, and I was like, cool. This is a brand new tour. I love opening new tours um, mm-hmm. because you get to like just breathe with each other. I'm not the biggest fan of replacing because yeah. you're usually in rehearsals by yourself with the dance captain. Um, and I like being able to be with a bunch of people. So I'm in the room and it's a bunch of people there and we're, we're dancing and stuff like that. And I'm feeling so warm because I had just got off tour and then no callbacks or anything like that. Um, and then a week later, I get a call from my agent saying that they want, us, they want me to start rehearsals for the Broadway show. <sighs> yeah. And at the time I was like, cool. The, the, the tour doesn't start to, I was so like, so gung ho about the tour and it doesn't start for another six months (laughs) or whatever. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to wait and it'll be great. I thought I did great. We'll see. I was leaving a soul cycle class with a friend and I'm (laughs) on, I'm on the way home to the, on the train. I was in like Park Slope in Brooklyn and I get a call from my agent saying, Hey, you're going to be joining the Broadway cast of Hamilton. You start next week. Um, we'll send you details and all that stuff. And then we'll, (laughs) and then casting was like we'll we'll let him know about the tour later I was like okay cool <laughs> here's like, all right so basically I book a Broadway show but I'm on tour I'm on hold for the you're like tour. on hold
0: for a tour you were
1: killing then like, it that oh I like really God. wanted I was like oh I want to be in this room I want to be like I want to be in this big like room learning the show yeah. from the ground up um so I start rehearsals for the the Broadway show a week later um oh so that that was the that was the audition process. <laughs>
0: insane yeah um so you also mentioned in there that you were in the matilda tour now at this point this was an equity tour correct
1: yes it was a production tier d so okay. um it's not it wasn't full production and what was cool about a uh, fun fact what's cool about the tiered tours is that mm-hmm. you receive like a little bit of um uh, of the profits from the tickets oh. ticket sales okay so Yes, the, tier, the tiered tours is a little bit lower as far as pay scale, but if the show, like Matilda, is doing well at the theater, you'll get the profit. The profit is Whoa. split through the uh, cast members. That was my first equity tour, so I realized what it was like to always be flying somewhere unless the place mm. is like 45 minutes away, to have a choice whether you want to be in the hotel or get an Airbnb.
0: Did you tend to opt for Airbnbs over the hotel?
1: At the beginning, no. At the beginning, I had no idea what I was doing because I was <laughs> I so, <wouldn't> <laughs> I, I didn't know that like I would receive, my per diem was, my per diem was so large and I was like, whoa, yeah. but that also meant that because that goes to your hotel or your living. Okay. Um, so you get to choose what you do with it, whether it means you're staying with friends and not using the per diem for your um, living, so which you I did a lot money. in Hamilton mm-hmm. uh, on the Hamilton tour. But with Matilda, I had to learn a little bit. Um, And I was still, I learned so much on that tour because I was still paying off student loans and tons of debt. Um, So I was like, how do I maximize? How do I maximize my per diem? Cool, I'm going to stay at this really fierce house that's close to the theater with five other um, cast members. We all have our own room, but the price is so inexpensive, especially in like smaller metro towns. Um, And then I really knew what I was doing when I started with the Hamilton full production. You were such a tour. pro by then. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. It was, it was, I'm like, a beautiful contract. Teach a class.
0: Oh my yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just, but we just, we freak out because you know what men, there are very little classes that um teach you cool. You booked it. Now what? Yep. You know? Yep. So it's, it's important that people like see that number on the, uh, on their, uh, their paycheck, and they, and they have to ask the question, like, okay, how do I make the most of this? Yep. Do I need to stay at the five-star hotel? Do Can I stay at an Airbnb with a bunch of people, with my own room? And um, that feels even more at home. And I think I love doing the Airbnbs because you get to really know the city. Mm-hmm. And people who host these Airbnbs, they put so much energy and love into it. They set you up with these cool local um, recommendations they yeah. always they're always checking in and it's it, it is such a great you also feel like you're at home especially if you're I was on the Hamilton tour for a year and a half yeah. so By with way, no layoffs a long time. Yeah. yeah oh my god no layoffs <laughs> um so like those are the that was a time I was like oh my god I wish there. like some people look at layoffs as like this like death sentence and I was like, oh my god, I would love a layoff right now. But um, yeah. I did take vacations, but sometimes you're just so in it that you forget or to take a vacation or, and people forget that we don't have much of a weekend. We only we have Mondays off and that's Monday. it. Mm-hmm. And with Hamilton there, we had two shows on Saturday, two shows on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and even though we probably could have done Wednesday two show days and two show Saturdays and one show on Sunday, which I loved about Hamilton on Broadway, but we made it work. We Made I it love work.
0: That. So smart of you to not just see the number and go, "Great, I'm gonna spend all of this money right Oh my gosh! Because we're—I mean, you know what it's like. It's so up and down our career, and so it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I need to think ahead because I need to to imagine as if I'm not gonna have a job after this. You know, right? It's it's really crazy. It's, really it's interesting
1: you, you say it. that because, like, in my head, I am. Mm-hmm. Able to survive, able to pay my rent, and able to, like, put food on the table and still live the way I live because of my safety and my hard work and my, my smart financial so smart. skills when I was doing Hamilton for a year and a half yep. on tour. Um, yep. And... Who knew there at that time? Who knew I would be saving up for a pandemic? You know a what I mean?
0: Literal <laughs> pandemic. <laughs>
1: like, oh
0: my gosh.
1: So I'm like, okay, you knew. I'm so glad <laughs> I didn't spend too much money on like designer oh clothes God. or living largely. Um, yeah, I, I really i i paid off all debt. I have no student loans anymore. Like that That's was amazing. It was a goal of mine that I really wanted to like hit like early in the tour so that the rest of the tour you know how however long I was going to stay on on there that I was able to pocket as much as I can yeah. for whatever was coming up and here we are <laughs>
0: and here we are somewhere in between that did you work a couple of cruise ship contracts
1: I did <gasps> and you know what this is like a real this is such a real conversation I really hope that people like know that people hear all these like cool credits but then yeah. there's also there's also like the darkness and I moved to New York after Mama Mia. After I just came back from um, South America mm-hmm. and I was living in Brooklyn. I was paying very high rent for this yep. amazing apartment with my best friend since car- kindergarten um, in Crown Heights. And I was going to auditions and stuff like that. And it wasn't um, that was my first time doing the whole audition scene. You know, yeah. I was an Equity actor, but I was still like I didn't feel I didn't feel like the Broadway credit, the Broadway and the tour credit were made me as significant as I thought it would. Yep. So I was going to those, these auditions and I started to freak out. And after like two, three months of like living in the city after yep. all this Mamma Mia hoopla, I was like, what <laughs> am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I, I was so nervous. I get a message from RWS. They need a uh, mail to, which is mm-hmm. a singer dancer track on the crew, on their cruise ship um do you want to are you interested I was like yeah she's like they're like great can you come and just like just sing the the stuff so we know that it's in the range and then we'll proceed um and it came it came pretty not easy but it came so sudden that it felt like fate but also I was like Mm -hmm. nervous about continuing to feel insignificant in the city hustling um so I took the job and i did the contract for i did a 9 month cruise contract and it ended up being like the best decision and i still have i still talk to the people that i worked with then yeah. um it taught me stamina i had the best time on a ship maybe too much time on too much fun time <laughs> on the ship being in like the caribbean all of winter <sighs> and then and then going and then during the hot months being in alaska and, and exploring there wow. um and I got to see so many parts of the country and so many parts of like South America uh, mm-hmm. and make great, great friends and great memories, get a hang of like that pop rock sound uh-huh. because that's kind of all I was singing. I love pop music, but I think there was a, when you're doing it often, there's, you kind of, you grow a stamina yep. of like doing it multiple times a day or just a week. it's in
0: your bones. Yep. hmm
1: So it was a great decision. But I can't say that I made the decision because of the right reasons, but I'm glad yeah. I did. Yeah. You know? Um, but I did do a I did do a, a ship contract. I actually did, it was too <laughs> sad. Um, it was supposed to go to Europe mm-hmm. and I guess the the they they ended up switching our itinerary. So we ended up moving to another ship and they put another whole nother thing of sh- different shows on there and they went to Europe and we went to Alaska at the time. <laughs> it was like, I can't believe this is happening. They were <laughs> like two people paid their way out of the contract. um, <laughs> Like ha- like thousands of dollars to pay yourself out of the contract. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do this. Let's, let me just go for it. And I ended up, it ended, I ended up having such a great time. My parents came on the cruise with me to Alaska. Mm. Like who would have thought and it ended up being a great, decision. And then I came back to New York, and then that's when I started working with Lululemon, taking a little break from, didn't know at the time that it was a break, but it was a well-needed break from, like, show. I still went to some auditions, but I definitely don't think my heart was as in it as, like, after six months of not really being involved in the theater scene, that's when regionals started um, picking up, and I was like, okay, I think I found my... I found my love again. Mm -hmm. And then Matilda happens.
0: I think it always comes back to you when you start to pursue something else that you love equally as much. So Mm -hmm. hearing you talk about Lululemon is is very inspiring because you found something that you also – felt very much a part of and very passionate about. It's funny because when you say that you started really enjoying Lululemon, then this other work came your way and it wasn't mm-hmm. so much that you were worrying so much about, you know, theater and jobs. They just kind of came to you Absolutely. when you stopped <laughs> worrying so much about it, you know? Oh
1: my gosh. And it came in the best way. I think yeah. it'll. my first jump back into everything I had, it was a small audition. Um, I didn't know what would come from it. But um, there was a, they were doing an out-of-town tryout for Brave New World based mm-hmm. off of the book Brave New World. It's like this, this, um, this dystopic like, era type moment. Um, and it was really cool. And our audition, it was gonna be in Asheville. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, this is like 45 minutes from my school. I'd be in Asheville for like oh. five months. Um, and then I ended up booking it and being the dance captain. And the team was incredible. The, the, the writer of Sideshow was the, like, come on. Like, I, I was like, I have to do this. Thomas Caruso was the director, um, which is funny because he was also, he was, ended up being an associate director for Matilda um, nice. at a time. And then I was in, I was in Asheville doing the show, and it was so much fun. I'm going up to Western Carolina to teach or to do a, a masterclass or something, uh-huh. and I get a text message. It's always a text message. I get a text message from my agent. Saying hey, after I'm um, brave, new world, you're gonna be going to the Muni to do Mamma Mia. Oh my gosh! And I was like, I don't, I didn't audition, and they were like, she Well, says, I don't they, care. they, they, I, they were like, <laughs> Well, they, there was an immediate, like, they needed immediate replacement, oh, and you wow. got it. And I was like, Whoa! Um, and come, come to find out that um, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Sharad, he. Got into he did he was going to do cats and I needed someone really quick and oh. I'd done the show before I had online content and I this is facts because yes, I asked you did. the casting director I was like how am I here this is opening night party of Muni and I was like okay so maybe because I had maybe too much wine but I was like how how did I get here I don't know I don't think I've ever how even how did you cast me <laughs> yeah and she was like well we needed someone really quick you've done the show before and you had videos. And you had love online that. content and that was, and your agent, you, your agent pushed you and you had the content to back it up. So it was a no brainer. And then you ended up coming here and it was, a, it was as if you were supposed to be here anyway.
0: Hmm.
1: And oh my gosh, I was like, okay, I will never I will never, and I always put priority into my online content, but I will never not put. Now content. that you know, <laughs> and now that I know that, like it happens, people, it happens when people are like, you should be videoing everything, you should put stuff, good stuff up, um, really put that priority, especially now.
0: I love hearing stories about that because it just reiterates the fact that it's so important.
1: So important! Oh, so important! For and it's sure. it's
0: really not that hard to to put real, mm-hmm. like good content up because it, now we have technology that serves us really nicely,
1: and we have the time now. Might yeah. as well. And I'm a, I'm foolproof that like yeah. I I worked for the I worked for the summer because I had an online video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Speaking of online presence, you just opened up your own studio.
1: Yes. Tell us about
0: like the inspiration behind
1: it. I've always had goals to, I have big goals to open up a community space. It's a blank space and maybe there's a pop-up coffee shop and stuff like that. Or I just want people to come and do work, create things, maybe an art show here or there, Mm -hmm. this community space that could be turned into anything it needs to be. And I was, and then I saw this happen and um, the pandemic and I was always traveling to colleges and, um, and studios, especially on tour and afterwards to teach. And I was like, I can't do that right now. I am not going to be able to go to auditions. um, So I probably won't be be performing. Um, And I am also doing teaching classes for other studios and universities online as well. But I wanted to make it a little bit more in-house. I wanted to have full control. I wanted to control the price. I wanted it to be my class rather than being a guest artist. Being a guest artist is totally fine and could pay the bills. But I was like, I wanna be able to create a schedule and create a community of students that later on thank me in their Tony speeches. I don't know. Um, So, um, And I saw a lot of people doing classes on like IG live and uh-huh. um stuff like that but they were very webinar based and not mm-hmm. participation based and I was like I want to be able to provide what I know cuz I'm no I'm no expert but I have an expertise in what I've learned so far you know um and I wanted to be able to teach that but not only teach it but also like provide one-on-one feedback and um, and really work face to face online. So we gotcha. use Zoom, um, and I have a couple classes left in May, and a June schedule is coming soon. And it's anything from dance classes to um, the next class this May is going to be our repertoire roundtable. So you sing a song, you have a backing track, and then as a group, we throw out a bunch of like songs that we think you'd be right for. Cause I think people freak out when they're like, I need to, I want to sing new stuff, but I don't know what I should be singing. So I think it just helps for people to be like, Oh my God, you'd sound great doing that. And then you're like, great. Okay. I'm going to learn it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We just need that push as well as a little bit of like, I'll work with the song and work on that a little bit, but it's all that class specifically is about, um, just getting some good ideas as far as who you should be listening to some cool artists that are not super, super famous, some indie artists that you would sound great. You know, I think, I think people are always looking for some cool stuff that not everyone is singing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I keep the classes very small. The cap is usually like five people so that Mm -hmm. everyone gets Mm a, gets to interject, gets to show their stuff and participate. That is like what I really want to drive is that it's participation based I'm very excited for the intimacy mm. and the and just that one on one model that I'm using for the studio. So mm. Tyler McKenzie Creative Studio, I I named it, and um, it's going pretty well. It being a business owner in this time in the pandemic is was always like it, right now is like super weird. Should I be producing something like this at this time? Yeah. You know, but um, Because I was so nervous about people, are they going to spend money on this? But people Mm -hmm. are spending money on one home improvement, um, self-care, as well Mm -hmm. as like training that so that they're not coming back to whenever this, whatever different world we're going to, they're not um, unpolished, you know, or rough around the edges in a way that, because they didn't train all summer or however long we're going to be doing virtual classes. So mm-hmm. participation-based classes is what I'm driving. It's what I'm looking uh, at. I love that. On.
0: I think that's so smart. So if someone wants to take class with you, would, how would they find the studio online? Yeah, you
1: can go to www.tmcreativestudio.com. Um, I'm also posting a lot of, like, announcements on my Instagram page, Tyler McKenzie. You can just find it if you search my name mm-hmm. um, on Instagram. And, yeah, again, you'll, you'll only be in a class with, like, four other people. So it is definitely that there's not even like your live classes in person are not even that small. You know what I mean? You're always fighting to, you know, (laughs) you're always fighting to like, because time is running out. You're always fighting to Uh like go sing and stuff like that, but you'll, you are guaranteed a spot to, to present and to share. Um, And that's what I, I think people are desperate for is to continue. You will always have something. You always have a takeaway because you like did something that scared you in each class.
0: What advice would you give young performers who are looking to pursue a career in this business?
1: Start performing the first day of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, there was nothing better than getting a text message from a director saying, "I, there's a lot of content that I, there's a lot of stuff and information that I have to share with the cast, but the fact that you are learning this, learning this, uh, this show." but already putting your own stuff onto it and putting your joy and intention onto it. You're saving me so much work Mm -hmm. and I appreciate that. And then it's something that I want to relay to other young artists that like directors and choreographers, things are the time period of rehearsals, I think are shrinking because Mm -hmm. people need to get it out or they don't want to pay for the extra week of rental space and all that stuff. And they will love it if they say, "I need." I, if they teach you the steps and then you already go for it, go for it hundred and ten percent. You may do something wrong, and it might actually become the new right. You know what I mean? I <laughs> I can't tell you like being in Hamilton rehearsals, especially with the Philip company, because it was mm-hmm. a brand new um, company, and none of the companies are the same. Mm-hmm. They love to change a little bit of things. Like you'll be given a spot and an intention of something that they want to see from you, and then they'll leave you. (laughs) And then you have to, like, come up with it. Andy Blankenbuehler will leave you and just, like, say, hey, do something here. And you just have to go for it. And you have to be able to start performing and start finding the joy in your character immediately. You cannot wait to be from day one, you cannot expect to be directed on every single thing or choreographed every single thing. It just isn't possible with the amount of time that like rehearsal processes are like shrinking down to. And that's the same for the audition too. You have to almost perform as if you're already in the show. You already booked it. You know what I mean? You cannot Mm. hold back. You have to receive that choreography and that information um, or those notes and add a layer on top of it.
0: I don't, I just really appreciate hearing your story and hearing what inspires you and how you've continued to grow. I hope we get to see each other soon.
1: I know I'm just, I'm <laughs> following you with all the stuff you're doing and it feels like we're in the same room.
0: <laughs> thank you, Tyler, for joining us.
1: Oh, uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of The Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.